Yo, 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 what's up? Big Sky Breakdown, Coulter Nuanez. As always, you can find this podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com. This version of the Big Sky Breakdown, catching up with the Cats, where we make the rounds with some of former Montana State Bobcats. This first season, which we started last fall and it sort of trickled now into 2022, are featuring guys that I personally covered. So I moved to Bozeman, Montana to cover Montana State football in 2011. So I've, I've been covering the beat for 11 years and 10 seasons. There's the 2020 year that got called off because of the pandemic. But the, this first season is featuring guys that I covered personally. So guys that I know that I've kept up with. And this week features Wes Wilson. He's a guy that came from Columbia, Missouri as a walk-on to Montana State. And he really carved out his way. He made some plays. He played some special teams. He got into a lot of games towards his junior and senior years. But more than anything, he was kind of a glue guy and a guy, I think, that represents what's kind of right about college football. All the things that are wrong about college football with the constant transferring and the portal and all this stuff, there's a lot of nuance to that. I don't think the transfer portal is objectively evil. I think there's a lot of nuance and discussion to be had there. But West was doing it for the experience, doing it for the connections, And he sort of made his way by being a guy that was kind of able to fit in with everybody and bring a lot of people together. I first got to know him because of his cool videos that he would do every summer and post them on YouTube. And a couple of those sort of went viral, like Montana-style viral at least. You know, I mean, a lot of people were watching them and viewing them. And uh, West kind of became a spokesperson, a good interview, and a guy that was always fun to to ham it up with. And uh, we've kept kept up since his his days there because he's a well-connected guy. He he stayed well-connected with a lot of his teammates. So that's been good connections for me. And uh, he's made appearances at several different Montana State events and and games and things like that. He's also working in media. He's working at Bleacher Report as a content producer. And so we sort of have similar uh, life existences, so to speak. And so it was fun catching up with them. We have been texting about all sorts of stuff, whether it was the Montana State run to the football national championship in January or the Bobcat run to the NCAA tournament uh, this this last month in March or Danny Sprinkle and sort of his name being out there in the national realm for various jobs and now his subsequent extension. So after we have been texting a while, I was like, man, we should just do a podcast. Let's just catch up and record it and tell some stories and let people know what you're up to, let people know what I'm up to, all that sort of stuff. So I uh, appreciate him being here. And this was a fun one. Catching up with the Cats with West Wilson, who graduated from Montana State his last season, 2017. So he's been out for about five years now. But West Wilson, former safety for the Bobcats, catching up with the Cats is presented by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot for all of their support in helping us build Everything we do, whether it's ESPN Montana, my daily radio show, Nuana's Now, the business angle, the overlay between business and sports, a podcast and radio collaboration, or the Big Sky Breakdown, catching up with the Cats, Grizz Greats. They've been involved in so many different things. Appreciate Blackfoot for all of their support. Also, sponsored by Alpine Touch. Grilling season on the horizon? Head on over to alpinetouch.com. You can get all you need for your hamburgers, your steaks, your ribs. Alpine Touch is good on everything. It makes your grill really pop all summer long. AlpineTouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Catching up the cats. West Wilson, the Big Sky Breakdown. SkylineSportsMT.com. Well, how about this? We have been not doing as many Big Sky Breakdowns as we should this time of year, but we're going to start doing some more now that we're sort of out of the, the crazy busy season that is the stretch run of basketball into spring football. The Grizz just wrapped up spring football this last weekend. The Bobcats have two weeks of spring football left, culminating in their spring game on April 23rd. But there's also all sorts of stuff going all the way around in the world of sports. The NBA playoffs are starting. The Masters just happened. The PGA Championship coming up in about six or seven weeks. Major League Baseball's going. The NHL's going. All that's to say, I decided I wanted to catch up with 
an old buddy of mine and somebody that is sort of working in the media world now, which is fun. It's former Montana State Bobcat Wes Wilson, a guy I got to know well when he was playing at MSU and a guy I've kept up with because he's followed the Big Sky Conference and specifically his Bobcats for so long. Got a chance to at least catch up with these guys pre-Frisco. Didn't get a chance to run into him at the National Championship game at Frisco because I ran into every other Bobcat fan in the history of America. But Wes, thanks so much for being here, man. What's going on? Colter, it is a pleasure to be on here. I've actually, I've, I've tuned into a few of your, uh, your podcasts and your, you know, your radio shows when my Bobcat, um, spirits just get super high and I can't, you know, consume enough Bobcat, um, media. I, uh, I've been following you as well. So it's a pleasure to be on here. I was hoping one day I'd, I'd get my time to shine. So it's a, it's a treat for me. So thank you. Well, that's good. Let's do, let's do that then. We have so many different podcast extensions here. This is a Catching Up With The Cats. It's presented by Blackfoot Communications. Appreciate Blackfoot for all their support of our podcast network as we continue to grow it. Got about six entities right now on it, including Catching Up With The Cats. And I know you've listened to a couple of these because we've had a couple of your boys on, including Dakota Prucap. So I hope you can bring the heat. Dak Live was, uh, he was long-winded. He was very happy about uh, his appearance on Catching Up With The Cats. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know that we had a name for this. This is this is awesome because we're big in Bozeman. We're big with uh, catchy names, obviously. With that's with right, man. Big and... cats, little trucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's dope. I um, I feel like Dakota. He did a good job. You said. I feel like he could be. Hit he did. Of that. course, though, he told okay. so many stories for so long that he had to pause the interview and then re go back into it a couple days later because he only had forty five minutes the first time, and then he had another half an hour of the stories to tell. But it was awesome. Oh, that's good. I actually, I'm supposed to see him. What would be a week from Thursday? Uh, Shiloh Leboy. If you guys remember him for sure. The uh, end. Having a little bachelor party in Vegas. So, oh, nice. He, is he marrying? I can't remember his gal's name, but she was a dance team girl, right? Yeah, yeah, Casey. She, right, um, that's right, Casey, Casey Fox. Fox. I always get confused with that because the new I, uh, Leon Costello's right-hand man there uh, at Montana State, his name is also Casey Fox, so that's kind of confusing. He's, he's Casey with a C, I think, and she's Casey with a K, if I'm not mistaken. I think um, that's right. So that's how we got to, yeah, that's how we got to separate those two. But So he's doing a little bachelor party, so... I'll be seeing Dakota here soon, but um, never seen more Bobcats than Frisco. I know you just brought that up in your intro, but that was one of the crazier, I don't know, being a Bobcat, I guess you could say. That was gnarly. And obviously you were there too, but seeing that many people, I don't know if you hit that that one bar. The Concrete like the Cowboy. Bobcat bar that weekend. Yes, 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 yes. Concrete Cowboy. <laughs> that place was like shoulder to shoulder Bobcat fans, like all four days that we were there. And it was like, that was incredible. Seeing that many people there all at once in Texas was easily one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. It was so cool. Tell people about your house because you kind of had a reunion. You guys, you had what, a dozen plus former Bobcats there? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We had um, like, what was it, like an eight bedroom house in Plano, Texas. And uh, I actually have a good track record with Airbnbs. And this was the first time ever, Coulter, that I, uh, they requested money from me for, um, damages in the house, but I actually think I want to get into it. But they were just like normal maintenance stuff that I think they kind of were cheaping me on, like mm-hmm, loose mm-hmm. shower handles and and like bulbs that went out and like lamps and stuff. And so I, I kind of had some problems with the uh, with after everyone left. But as far as the weekend though, we had a uh, quite the time in that in that Airbnb. But it was good. I mean, there was a lot of guys older than me, younger than me. It was it was beautiful. The whole weekend was beautiful. Honestly, it worth the damages. So, so remind me, your senior year was that 2017 or 2018? 
I was 17. We beat the great. My last game was beating the Grizz in Bozeman. Beating the Grizz in Bozeman, which was the second straight win over the Grizz and uh, sort of the, the launching point of the Jeff Choate era because then the next year was the, the Troy Anderson glorious experiment, right? Yeah, yeah. So then, so then the next year would have been. I, I can. I always remember seasons by like what the last game was. Which For sure. Is, I don't know if that's weird or not. But so then the, the year after I left would have been Miracle in Missoula, and then I think at North Dakota State, and then was COVID right after? No, no, no. Then then the next year was beating the Grays again. Beating the. I, I don't. I don't know if we're allowed to cuss in here. We can totally cuss. Every, it's a podcast, baby. We beat the shit out of them. That was two years removed from college for me, and then um, year three, COVID, and then we just finished year four. It's it's actually insane that I, I feel it's, like it's crazy. There's still dudes on the team who I played with, which is bonkers. Like, Willie Patterson and Tyrell Thomas were, like, good friends when I was on the team, and their their eligibility is, like, it's seemingly, like, endless. So they're, they're still holding it down. So I guess this is officially the last year I'll have guys on a team who, like, I also played with. How well, then on that note, that. then you were sort of on the the ground floor of when Choate took over, and there's been so much talk and conversation about just the rise of the Bobcats these last several years. And when Choate first started getting it rolling, then all of a sudden it was really rolling. And like you said, just I mean, the fact that they just beat the hell out of Montana, the the biggest win by the Bobcats in terms of margin of victory in the Big Sky Conference era of that rivalry in that 2019 game, and then they get to the semifinals of the playoffs, but then the COVID year, and all of a sudden, Choate bails. And this last year, I thought, in Brent Vegan's first season, from the nine-game winning streak to then falling flat in Missoula and getting worked to then Matt McKay hitting the transfer portal. I mean, it was so much drama, so much awesome stuff to cover, and then all of a sudden they catch lightning in a bottle and they go all the way to the national championship. So from your perspective, what's it been like to kind of follow this? Because you probably sort of saw the foreshadowing of what was to come, Choate's first couple years there, and then sort of this explosion of the Cats these last couple years into being one of the premier programs in the the country. Well, yeah, and not only that, I mean – we made it to the national championship in football and then it's almost like basketball like didn't miss a beat either and just like kept the momentum going like as someone who has lived in multiple places I'm very prideful in like where I come from as you know I was like I, I really repped hard the Kansas City Chiefs and the Royals when I was in Bozeman because that was like a unique thing and obviously now living in New York City there's minimal you know Montana State Bobcat fans like walking around uh Manhattan and so I like I kind of I think I lean into it maybe a little harder than I should just because it's, I don't know, it's unique to me and it's um, something fun to brag about that no one I'm with here. I mean, who do people like in New York? The Giants, not, like nothing going on. Rutgers is probably like the closest big school that people go to. I don't. It's just been fun to be a fan of like such a, no, not even a fan. I guess you could call me an alumni now, but um, I'm starting to get the alumni phone calls. So I think that's what makes it official. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but uh, it's just been cool to, like, have something to be so proud of in a place that, like, doesn't necessarily follow Montana State. But obviously, you know, when things pick up, like, I've got a lot of friends in New York City now who will always, you know, text me if the cats are on or, like, they're, they're you know, they're betting Montana State minus seven and a half or whatever. And so that's it's been fun to see kind of random Northeastern people kind of, like, embrace the Bobcats just in the sense of like being a good friend to me, which I wasn't even your original question, but um, that's just kind of been like a fun aspect in like the last few years is having so much to, to cheer for. But as far as the transition, like the Choate stuff, it, it was weird to be a part of like 
essentially I left right when I left, like the, the team got better, I guess you could say, which also happened to me in high school. Like right after I graduated, my high school went to the state championship. And so I don't think I'm bad luck necessarily, but um, I've been, um, I've, I've left a few programs right as their like, <laughs> right as their ascension happened. And so it's been, it's been awesome. Choate was obviously like major father figure in my life. And so I'll, I was rooting for him just as a person and like no matter what happened. And I think it all got so like messy at the end. And I think COVID and the big sky, you know, were so and you probably know a lot more about that than I do, but just how like there was a season and then there wasn't, and there were a few games and then both the Montana schools pulled out and like, it, it was just all so chaotic that like, I, I kind of empathized with Cho and like, his decision to kind of, I don't know, I think maybe stability. And I don't, I, you know, obviously I'm not speaking for him, but it was just the big sky that that whole year was just pure chaos. I'm kind of curious what your stance on it was, but I'm totally rambling, but it, it's just been, and it, I think it's crazy. Honestly, I'll say this. I think it, to like bring it all home, despite all of that and the momentum Choate had, and then to sit out a year, not play, and then have your head coach leave and then still do what we did in 2021 or what was it? 2021 going into 22 is like, I don't want to use a too dramatic word, like remarkable or amazing, but I mean, that is badass stuff to like go through what all those dudes did and not play for what 18 months and get a new coach and then go to the national championship. I have so much like respect and love for like those dudes who stuck it out. It's, it's honestly insane, but I was, I, you know, everything I consumed media wise was from afar. So like essentially just following like you Bozeman news. And then I follow some like big sky people on Twitter, but I kind of got everything from, you know, other sources, but you know, what, what was it like for you going through like that whole year of like, is there going to be a full season? Now there's not a season. Now there's half a season. Now there's nothing like it is so messy. Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to delicious popcorn seasoning in addition to the classic. Alpine Touch offers a variety of flavored seasoning salts for whatever occasion you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around western Montana. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Wes Wilson joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown, former Bobcat here on Catching Up with the Cats. And uh, it, it was. And, it, you know, so much of our business model at Skyline is based on subscriptions when it comes to football. I mean, people subscribe to Skyline for a variety of different reasons, but mostly the majority of it is football. So not having football was pretty tenuous for us. We had to come up with a lot of different things, including podcast series like this, which was great. It was fun right. doing it and catching up with everybody. But I also think that... As one of my favorite coaches always says, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And I think that that's true for so many of us. And I think that Choate's greatest strengths were also his greatest weaknesses in certain ways. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is he was such a intense, hard-on-his-sleeve type guy. You, you knew exactly where he stood with him at all times. You knew exactly right, very true. what he thought about so many different things because he would always just tell you. I think he, he was a sort of a, a father figure to a lot of people. You, you mentioned that to you, but I mean, he reminds me so much of my late father as well. And so I was always drawn to him and just the way that he carried himself, the toughness he carried himself with, sort of the in-your-face, mm-hmm. take-no-prisoners attitude that he operated with. 
That said, I think that because of Choate's passion, it made him one of the great recruiters I've ever covered in the Big Sky Conference, and that brought in a ton of phenomenal talent to Montana State, and I think that set the table for the run. Also, though, I think that part of Choate's tremendous energy and how in your face he is is also something that in certain ways very limited ways holds you back and it it creates this great dichotomy like I don't know if Choate would have ever lost to the Grizz because Choate is so intense that he would have never let that happen in a game that relies on intensity more than anything else Choate also relied on intensity so often that sometimes it would get in the way of actually being calm and executing so that's why there's this giant dichotomy with Brent Vegan coming in but now that the whole thing has come full circle I actually think that the pan pandemic, as crazy as it sounds, the pandemic, the time off, and the fact that Choate then got antsy and left was actually the Mm -hmm. thing that vaulted Montana State to the championship because it helped, the time off helped some of the stalwart guys get bigger, faster, stronger, and more healthy. Daniel Hardy wouldn't have been able to put on the weight to be able to play on the edge like he did. You know, Lewis Kidd, a year stronger. Taylor Tuiasasopo, a year stronger. Lance McCutcheon became not just a blocking receiver, but an actual deep threat guy. He got so much faster and more athletic. Troy Anderson finally got healthy. You know, on down the line, so many different guys. They were able to bring in a guy like Trey Webb who was sort of overshadowed right. because they had so many phenomenal players on defense. But Trey Webb was committed to Notre Dame at once upon a time, and then because of the COVID year and because of all of the ins and outs of all of it, he lost his offer, and he ends up landing in the laps of Montana State after being an all-Mountain West player at San Jose State. So you go all the way down the line, those circumstances, when it comes to player development. and the, But I also think that then from a, just a locker room standpoint, a chemistry standpoint, it brought all those guys together, and it was kind of us against the world. And then Choate, your mentor, right. he leaves. So now it's really us against the world world and I thought that so often in football it's so hard to build a player run program but the circumstances in the world combined with the fact that their head coach left it solidified their already player run program and made it even better and then you hire a guy like Brett Vegan who has this steady hand and is much better in terms of his offensive acumen and you line Mm -hmm. that up with with a, a team that could already run the ball with authority can already play lights out defense then you had a guy could actually coach quarterbacks and then all of a sudden he loses his quarterback right before the playoffs, and it doesn't matter whatsoever because they got the next guy. They got the heir apparent and Tommy Mallott ready, and they surge all the way to the championship. So I, I thought actually that when the, the, the dust finally settles and it's all, it, you can look at it all in sort of a two-year window, I actually think that every domino sort of created a, a moment of destiny, and I know that they didn't get the job done all the way, but I think if Choate stays, I think that the season goes differently. I think they're still a playoff team. They're still a national contender. I think they still have a playoff run. I think they probably beat the Grizz, but I think they probably lose one of those other road games probably to Eastern Washington or Weber, and I don't know if they get mm-hmm. to the national championship. So it is sort of interesting to see how it all played out, but I thought that specifically that group of guys, like you mentioned, it is remarkable. I mean, those guys deserve all the credit in the world for going through all of that, using it as a positive, and then using it as a way to sort of spark themselves to go on this incredible run. I found something you said interesting about like Choate being like so intense as to where like maybe that doesn't always work. Something I always tell people about the Big Sky Conference that I do find like so incredibly interesting like still and like when I was in college like it blew my mind but the um, atmosphere in game days in Big Sky Conference in football is so vastly different that oh, you man. can go from you can go from Bobcat Stadium or Washington Grizzly Stadium where it's like arguably better than some like lower tier like power five schools right and like the next week you go uh, you know hopefully no northern colorado fans are listening but you go to northern colorado and play in a high school stadium with like uh, i don't even know how much that holds but like a, a couple thousand maybe and like the 
the way you have to as a player and probably a coach too, like find energy and like channel all the things that like make a Saturday like like a a part of your you know mindset and like your pattern and all that stuff is got to be like I don't think you could find a more drastic like change in pace from like atmospheres in like any conference in any sport ever I don't know like maybe that's crazy to say but it just made me think of that when you said you know could intensity like be bad in a way and I I think I'm just thinking back to like (laughs) like us playing at Northern Colorado you know a week after or or like a Sac State a week after you play like NAU at home and it's sold out it's just so like you you can't rely on that energy and juice like every Saturday where you could, you know, maybe like in different conferences, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And it's so true. I think this was the, this was the, probably the single biggest issue for a Bob Stitt at Montana. But Bob Stitt was always good at home because he had 26,000 people behind him. And then when they would go on the road and they go lose Northern Colorado because they'd have no juice. So it's just such a, I mean, even be a part of that. And obviously you travel with different teams, so you're there too, but like, it's not hard. It's not hard to find that energy, you know, at Bobcat Stadium on Gold Rush, like on a Saturday night, and then you know, even like you'd think Eastern Washington would have a more crunk stadium by now, but they'll figure it out. But I, I don't know, man. Will they? Because the thing is, you're not going to get any better players than they've already had. You're not getting anybody better than Cooper Cup. They still only average 7,500 fans a game. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. They literally had the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> Seriously, one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Wes Wilson joining us here catching up with the cats is presented in part by Alpine Touch. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. You need to spice up your life. Grilling season's on the horizon. So I know a lot of you be out there barbecue and go to alpinetouch.com. Get yourself one of those grand slam packages. It's only $19.99. They're going to give you four types of seasoning and spices for all your meats. Get ready for grill season. I know it's snowing here in Montana, but uh, it will be summer soon. I promise you. Go visit alpinetouch.com. Wes, we're almost like 25 minutes into this thing, and we haven't even told the people what you're up to, what you're doing. So you are in New York City. Sort of a scary morning there in NYC. But just let people know, I mean, part of the reason we have kept up is because you've been working in sort of a, a similar realm of the universe. You've been working in media as well. So tell people kind of what you've been doing, what you've been up to for Bleacher Report and all that stuff, and uh, what's going on in the Big Apple. My title is producer. I do a little bit of like on-camera hosting, I guess you could call it, and it's all like it's social media stuff. Um, I would imagine most people who listen to your show also like you know follow sports on social media and stuff, so like are pretty locked in with Bleacher Report and things like that. But um, it, it, like dude, explaining my job to my grandparents, you could only imagine like just like, <laughs> right. experience. Like <laughs> they just no clue what's going on. But I've been kind of blessed with being put in a position where I am like one of the guys who Bleacher Report you know ships out to like these different sporting events and my job is to kind of create and capture content at these events which like an MLB all-star game or like the match with Tom Brady which was actually this is actually I should probably run it back to this my like third event I was ever sent to was the match 
the golf match thing that's presented by Capital One. They do it like twice a year, I think. Yep. Um, and of all places in Big Sky. For sure, Montana. right outside your college town. It's great. And I was like, dude, you have got to be like, what a beautiful like combination of like just worlds colliding. And so I, I flew to Big Sky for work with a bunch of people who work for Turner Sports and all this crazy stuff. And they live in Atlanta, New York City. And like, obviously no one knew anything. Um, and I had to show everyone around. But the peak of that trip was we went into oh I'm I'm gonna you have to help me remember this what's the what's the little bar in like that attic of that uh, of base camp at Big Sky I don't know Scissor Bills Big Sky it's called, yeah Scissor Bills oh my God perfect Scissor I love how I'm like 100 percent on the bars I think this says everything you need to know about my life yeah yeah so I'm not too far <laughs> I I can't, I completely blanked on that one but. After every night of that work trip was capped off by sitting in scissor bills with Charles Barkley. And there were just four of us, Charles Barkley, and he bought drinks and rounds for everyone for like four hours and then just wandered to bed every single night. That guy probably drank like nine tequila on the rocks at like dinner. And then we'd go to scissor bills like the guy's uh, an absolute tank. But that was kind of like that was still kind of like towards the end of COVID. So it wasn't like super flashy and they like didn't want me going down to our bar every night as much as I wanted to. But, um, scissor bills with Charles Barkley was a pretty wild work experience for me, obviously just having been in Montana for so long, but, um, just kind of been, you know, traveling around and, you know, it's all, everything I do is, um, for social media. So we just use iPhones, you know, cause that's what's relatable to the kids, I guess you could say. And so I show up to all these events kind of dressed with like torn jeans and like a backwards hat and then an iPhone. And it's all these old white guys in suits who just, you can tell they despise me the second I walk into like whatever event it is and just shoot stuff with my iPhone. They've all got these big, nice cameras and microphones and stuff. And I just kind of keep, keep working it like that. And, um, you know, I, my job is to like send everything back and then everything gets, you know, programmed and posted. Sometimes I'm in it. Sometimes it's just, you know, what I'm looking at, but it has been a wild ride and we're going to keep riding it until then. But I, uh, whenever I can sneak anything Montana state related on, whether that be Bleacher Report, Twitter, or like a BR betting or anything like that, I will always make sure to do so. That's, that's my so, so what's the highest priority? Is it the, is it the betting part of it? Is it the just entertaining content part of it? Like when you're like looking to produce a story or get get some sort of content out there, what's the main goal that they're looking for? That's a good question. I would say, well, so depend like all the different departments. So there's like betting. There's uh, BR Walk Off, which is the baseball page. There's a football one. There's a fashion one. They'll kind of decide like what the f- priority for the event is. Um, so if it's, you know, a baseball game, we'll try to get a few things to the main BR page. And then obviously most of this stuff is going to go to like the walk-off page. And so it's kind of learning how like the different channels we have, like what the the best lens is to um, send that out. And obviously like, so I went to Yankees opening day a few days ago and like my job was to basically normal stuff that baseball fans can engage with. I'll send that to the, the baseball guys. But then I'm looking at how do I get maybe people who aren't baseball fans or kids who like follow Bleacher Report because they like like LeBron and Patrick Mahomes and stuff. Like how do I make it so that this baseball game seems cool to anyone, right? So like most people, so I'll go into it and I'll know like, okay, 
Aaron Judge, probably, like, every, I'll assume everyone knows who he is. He's someone who, like, I'll keep an eye out for, but not so much, like, like, uh, like a DJ LeMayhew, who baseball people know, but, like, not everyone else will know. So I, got, I just kind of have to, like, pick and choose what's best. And usually things that are relatable, like, obviously, if there's food around, like, I'll, I'll go do a little something on food and, and shoot that over. Or fans going crazy, like, everyone loves a good moment where, like, fans are freaking out. And so it's kind of... Essentially, the question you just asked me is actually kind of what my job is, is being right. able to be in the moment and like know like, okay, this is something that's like going to be worth people's time or how to maybe even sit up a little bit and make it seem like a, like a little crazier than it than it naturally would have been or something like that. So it's, it's honestly ever changing and it's kind of fun to like, and I think you'll, you'll appreciate this too, but it's so nice to go to different sporting events and see all these people who like their, their job is this team or like this sport every day. And I can kind of, I like have the luxury of doing a baseball event and then a football one and then a tailgate thing or whatever. And so you don't ever feel like too burnt out on anything necessarily because you can kind of keep dipping your toes with like different teams and different sports. And so like I can imagine if you were only doing like just Bobcat football, it'd be a lot harder to like really like feel the energy all the time when it's the only thing you're allowed to like to breathe. And so it's nice to kind of be able to float around and it makes you appreciate stuff, I think, more than people who are like stuck having to cover only like one team or one sport. I love that. Well, one of my consistent rants on my uh, ESPN radio show is, uh, and I won't get too far into the weeds on this, baseball was my favorite sport to watch, to play, to umpire, to coach, all the way until my early 20s. Were you you and were then when I was in college, in my favorite player was Barry Bonds, and when Game of Shadows came out, I bought the book, I read it front to back, it, so, it soured me on baseball, it was heartbreaking, uh, it, but that's only a part of it. Then the game has evolved, or in my opinion, devolved, because of analytics, because of constant right. scouting, shifts, and more than anything, in my opinion, homogenization. To me, almost every baseball player swings the same, throws the same, we don't have the funky mm-hmm. guys like we used to, like the, the Vladimir Guerreros and the Tony Gwynns and the Rod Carews and, and uh, you know, all these different sort of guys. Now it's all about, you know, how do I hit my favorite pitch out of the park? And if I don't, I'm going to strike out 200 times a year. Like, for example, I watched the Giants Padres last night for five innings and I didn't see a ball hit out of the infield. And, uh, it, you know, you're just hitting into shifts, all this stuff. And so I want to like baseball. I love the sport of baseball. I love the game of baseball. I hate Major League Baseball. In a short as short as you possibly can, talk me into liking baseball again. Oh, I think what I think got me into liking baseball more, and like I don't know if this is what everyone will like, but like I appreciate history, and I I do appreciate like like yeah. What what am I doing? Saying history is my first word. Like people are already like checking out. They're like, no thanks. Uh, history and like geography in a way. And I think I I like latched onto baseball when I started appreciating like the different parts in like in their cities and like kind of like their traditional day of like a downtown baseball park. You're going to go on like a Saturday and drink like four beers and just kind of like Hank, like honestly appreciating the culture of what baseball kind of was and like the casualness of it's like and it's summer so you're kind of I don't know you're like not in school or like working less and like people are happier and you can kind of just go like find cheap tickets go get beers and like the and the parks are so unique I don't know how many if you yeah no that th- this this, like this is a great point ones. because like for example I live in Missoula Montana and my house that I just bought last summer is like three blocks away from the minor league baseball stadium and I walk down there three times a week during the summer so I still have t- totally enjoyed the game of baseball it's just major league baseball that I'm sort of lost on 
Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what got me into it. And I think that the personalities are starting to come back a little bit, but it, it helps also ha- like, this is, I'm not a huge NBA guy. Like, like I work for a company that's majorly NBA content, but I'm not necessarily like an NBA person per se. And I think it also like having a team, at least for me, and I think for some people it's like having a player, but like for me, having a team means everything. And so watching Kansas City Royals games and having like a motive behind it kind of makes you, I don't know, if you analyze it more, you care about the little things more. So it seems less boring. And now, you know, after watching like the Royals and like, 14, 15, 16. Um, I, I, before that, I would have never been able to tell you I could watch a random baseball game, like full nine innings. But like, I, I truly can sit down and like watch a full baseball game because I just kind of like train myself to like, yep. I don't know, you kind of look like each at bat is its own like little game. And like, you kind of just like build up how to appreciate it. Same as football. I mean, they're all different. It's obviously not as fast paced, but I don't know what, I don't know. It just kind of happened. And, and obviously Royals World Series it like makes it easy to like really like buy into it in that moment, but it's all good. It's all good. I think it, I think, I think baseball will be all right. Well, they, they certainly didn't help themselves this year at all. You get one, one month of after the Super Bowl, before March madness where you, people are like, Oh, pitchers and catchers are reporting. It's kind of their one time in the spring to like be the, the only thing that matters. And of course they just absolutely blew it. And like, <laughs> We're fighting over pennies, basically, but that's that's their own thing. They got to figure that out. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. I want to talk to you about a couple other things, bringing it back full circle. Wes Wilson here on the Big Sky Breakdown. It's catching up with the cats, a fun catching up with the cats. So two different things I want to ask you about. One, mm-hmm. there's a story that not a lot of people know. Once upon Uh-oh. a time, when Uh-oh. Rob Ash had been let go at Montana State after nine seasons, uh, following such an unceremonious <laughs> last season, which was, uh, that's not what we're going to talk about, because that in itself is a completely different shit show. That's a completely different podcast for a completely different time. But when they were searching for a new head coach, a couple of the finalists included oh. Chris Ball, who's now the head coach at Northern Arizona, Jeff Choate, who ended up ultimately getting the job, but also Andy Hill. And in terms of like the actual logistics, some people say that Andy Hill was even extended an offer to become Montana State's head coach before then a couple other decision makers came in and said nope we're hiring Choate but the story here is that Andy Hill do I got this right was your neighbor growing up yeah that he's how I got to Montana State which is why it's like the most random again I've been talking about like everything full circle like it's it's kind of insane but that was my next door neighbor he still he still lives two doors up from my parents um threw balls to me in the street when I was, you know, three, four, five years old, just running around, and then flash forward, like, what is it? How how old would I be as a sophomore? I don't know. Whatever, like twenty years 20. later, and and a twenty-hour drive across the country, he was interviewing to like maybe be my head football coach, which would have just been absolutely crazy. And looking back, obviously, I loved Choate, and it was like I I think he was, and I loved, every, and like he brought an absolute like 
beautiful two years of Montana State for me. But I, yeah, like, I don't know if I, know if I can say this now. I think because it's a new AD, I'm probably allowed. But like, so I lived with Mitch Greibel at the time, who was a captain. No, he just graduated, or he had just had his senior day or something. So like, I don't think he graduated, but he was not, he was no longer on the football team. And so he was a part of the interview process. And so I, I was like getting the questions from Mitch prior and then feeding them to Coach Hill to like prep him like the day before his interview. And it was just a whole, and then I think I, like we might've gotten dinner or something afterwards, but he obviously, I don't know, whatever happened, like, and then they gave the choke, but worked out for him because he's now a special teams coach for the Chiefs, which isn't um, a bad gig either but yeah I've, i haven't thought about that in a long time that was actually a crazy i feel like that all happened so fast like way faster than the show to vegan hiring process like this one that one took was that a, did that take over a week i feel like for sure it took several I mean. weeks it took like almost a yeah, month it took a long time yeah 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 that one took forever this one with coach hill and Cho. i think it was what was our our ad's name when i was a sophomore uh peter, peter fields. fields they they made that thing that I think it couldn't have been more than three days like that thing was rapid fire but speaking of coaches I can't I wouldn't I wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't get on this podcast and say how stoked I am for the Danny Sprinkle hiring especially after you and I had a conversation not that long ago about how he was going to be a a total hot commodity I saw that tweet the other day and was like probably gave a little you know tiger like fist pound (laughs) in the air that's sick that's awesome and I got to like you know and I had a beer or two at fucking um, what is it the cannery or where, where's everyone everyone who after they graduate goes to I think it's the cannery right the cannery the that's right one. yeah so I got to I got to know him a little bit in Bozeman this summer right before the season started and he's the man so I'm like I'm rooting for him super hard and then obviously you know it helped it's so cool making the tournament when you know everyone in the country is like maybe not writing Montana State on their bracket but they they at least have to look at it before they put texas tech on there it's just been fun it's been an awesome awesome time to be a to be a bobcat so i hope there's some grizz people listening there certainly will be it it was nice to like we did lose that game in missoula i don't know why i kind of had a feeling i just felt like everything was going so right that it like i was just like we're we're due for a hiccup somewhere and i felt like that was coming but then to answer that with four playoff games, beating Sam Houston, beating South Dakota State. It just was like I, – I didn't I didn't care that we lost that game like two weeks after because we were on like such another roll elsewhere. I don't know if that will make people mad to say like I didn't care about losing to the Grizz, but it, <laughs> it felt like such a – it felt like such a minor, minor part of the season once you're like playing for a trip to the national championship, you know? Absolutely. No question. So that's kind of where I was mentally. I've had a – I've had a good – Time being a Bobcat fan, I think the last two years, like probably too much fun. Oh, I am going to gold. I booked my tickets for this will be my first Gold Rush. Nice, as not as not a player. So that'll be. I've always just saved it for the for Cat Grizz, but I kind of want to do. I've never done Gold Rush. I want to like go to a game in shorts for once, which probably won't even happen. But um, we'll see. 
Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Wes Wilson here on Catching Up with the Cats, Big Sky Breakdown, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications and in part by Alpine Touch. And Wes, this is the last thing I want to get to here with you. There's all sorts of different uh, elements of this, but I think that the current state of college athletics, I think from from the last couple years, the way that the pandemic affected everything, I thought that it brought to the surface a lot of the worst parts, in my opinion, about college athletics, Uh, particularly the fact that no matter what level you're at, money is in fact the one of the only things that matters. But also I think that mm-hmm. this one-time transfer rule and all of the different things that are swirling around in college sports, it makes it so that guys are chasing false idols. They're leaving and not seeing the just how great the experience could be. And, and I always hearken back to guys like you. And my brother was in a similar situation when he played at Montana. And, and I had a bunch of friends in college and then in my career as well that are both uh, Grizz and Bobcats and people that have walked on uh, to college football teams. And I always think about how the college experience, like some people do get to become Troy Anderson and they do get to be multiple time All-Americans and the star of the show all the time and on the cover of the paper every single Sunday and all that stuff. And that's awesome. But there's also a whole bunch of other people that are involved in college sports that don't get nearly the the amount of shine, but the experience is still so great. And I thought that your story as a a walk-on to Montana State from an out-of-state, as an out-of-state walk-on was such a good one. And you also seem to maximize your experience so much. And then all of those things that you did while at Montana State, both in football as well as academically and socially, seem to have really set the stage for your life. And I think it's such a great example of how if if you maximize your opportunity, no matter what your opportunity is, it can benefit you so much, even if it's not to go play in the NFL someday. It's not about that. It's not about being the star. It's about having a great experience, a great college experience. And I think that you and your group of guys sort of encompass that. I think the fact that you guys, you know, still get together for trips to the national championship and, and bachelor parties and all that stuff. I think it's so cool. I think it's so great. But from your perspective, I mean, just your decision to go to Bozeman, to go to Montana State and, you know, the people you met, the experiences you had, the the grind that it was, but also uh, the awesome opportunity that it was to be a part of the Bobcat football program. How do you think that impact did you influenced you and kind of got you to this point that you're at now? Hell yeah. That's a very good question actually. Um, and I've, I've thought about this with all the transfer stuff recently. And like, I think football aside, well, so I almost, I was like in a dark place. Like I think it was fall camp, my senior year. So like I, I ended up, I played the most when I was a sophomore and then it kind of like it kind of went downhill from like my sophomore year, and I just I don't know I, I I went through one of those days where you're just like do I like want to do another year of this like just kind of I don't know one of those days where you're just like not feeling up to it right and I again another reason why I love Cho went to his office we had this big heart to heart he was like give me one more week and we'll like we'll we'll test things out again and of course got out of the funk like whatever stuck with it and I think back to that moment so 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 often. When, like, I don't know if I would be able to be as, like, proud necessarily, like, or, like, like feel. For sure. Quitting, is, there's no pride in quitting, school. right? Yeah, exactly. And, like, 
I think being able to finish that last year and like go through senior day and everything, like essentially like close the book on like a full experience at Montana state. Like I think about it now all the time because almost from like a social um, aspect, it's so nice to have one, a school that I can like take people who are from Missouri or from New York to, and like be like, this is where I spent my four years. Like this is the coolest place ever. Like it's the one university that kind of like, became my second home, you know? And I just think most people probably, what, transfer once, but now people are transferring like two, three times. And I just feel like that would be totally lost if you spent half your time at one school, half a time at another. And then the same thing with like when people say, who's your college team? Who Like, um, who are you rooting for and blah, blah, blah. Where'd you go to school? Almost from a social perspective, it's so much easier to just say like, oh, Montana State, like that's where I went to school, as opposed to people who have to say like, like I went to Oklahoma, then I transferred to a JUCO and then I went to you like all this stuff. Right. I'm very, very thankful now as an adult who is just like making conversation with people, meeting people, having, having a team to be proud of. Um, it's so nice to only have Montana state in that sense. It's just nice to have one team to be proud of and own. And there's just not a lot of extra bullshit with it that I have to like, explain I just feel like you you're a part of one school and you go to another one and then you go to another I mean I feel like you just lose so much pride and like connection in that way and like part of the reason I'm so proud of Montana State is because of all the people who helped me through my time there and the people I went through my four years there with but then there, there are still people obviously who like one there's still guys I play I played there with but people like Bill Lamberty and uh, like Leon and all those people who were like I'm, I'm obviously I could name like a thousand people but it just feels so much more wholesome. And maybe that's like corny to say, but like you ask the right dude who's going to be corny in the situation. Like I think having just one school to go through that, to be a part of that journey, that like college journey, 18 to 22, you learn a lot about yourself and it's nice to associate that with like one place, one home, one group of people and not having to share it with a bunch of different places. So if anyone's listening to this and they want to transfer, think about your, social life as an adult and just uh not necessarily trying to kind of what make the get drafted in the seventh round amen to that man Again, my, I love it. it's west wilson here catching up with the cats that's big sky cool. breakdown tell people how they can follow you all your great content social media and uh bleacher report all that stuff how can people catch up with and stay caught up with west wilson i want to say instagram is westling conrad but i think you can just type a name in on instagram and then twitter is conrad wilson so i've got like all the names in there but if you're not a bleacher report subscriber at this point it's um there's bleacher report on instagram and twitter and then there's all the sub accounts if there's stuff you know you like better than than something else if you like football you like fashion you like betting whatever you can hop into all of those and then um there's the app i don't know if you're a br app user Coulter, but a lot of people i feel like uh the middle age of men there's a lot of like middle-aged guys who love the Bleacher Report app where you can just get all your news and kind of filter it how you want, but not to take away from Skyline Sports, obviously. That's uh, Skyline Sports, more Montana, and then if you need some, some national coverage, you come over to BR. Gotta love it. Wes Wilson here on Big Sky Breakdown, catching up with the Cats. Thanks for being here, man. This was great. That was super fun. It's always good to do these and kind of like, you like reflect and talk out loud about stuff you never have thought about for a long time, so I appreciate you.